welcome back, welcome back to Season 1, Episode 17 of What Shayro Thinks About It. Stuff on my mind that forms into words and then actually comes out of my mouth. I am Shayro. This week's topics will include courage. What exactly is it? A topic I've been wanting to talk about since I started this, this business and this podcast. A topic about supporting black businesses. Should I go bankrupt in order to support black businesses? And are some really overcharging for their services and products, really? Also, tales from feeding the hungry. Another week, another episode. Each and every week that I get an opportunity to put out another episode is just a wonderful thing to me. I am thankful to each and every one of you for tuning in sharing with your friends and enemies, and just ecstatic about the whole ideal of actually being a podcaster, business owner, and trying to get this business of mine off of the ground. Everything is not where I would want it to be, but I have enjoyed this entire journey a lot more than I ever thought I would. My main focus as a coach is about building confidence in people so that they can go forth and try and better themselves. Confidence, however, needs a counterpart in order to be fully effective. Confidence is what can make a person stand before many. But when they add courage to the mix, they are able to not just stand before others, but to walk gracefully in front of the same crowd. There is a little more than just that simple explanation. In school, most of us learn about the term fight or flight which basically is where you decide if you are going to stay and fight or if you are going to back down and not fight for what you believe is right or what you, what you believe in yourself. That option to stay and fight is courage. The decision a firefighter makes to run into a burning building to save people, the firefighter has confidence in himself that they can do their job. But to actually do that job takes courage. It is one thing to say, I can do it but it is a totally different thing to actually do it. For years, I have said I wanted to start a business, become a coach, have my own platform. I knew I could do it and could be the best that I could be at it and learn as much as I could. But because I had never taken the steps to actually make it happen until I started doing just the basics of making my dream a reality, I was just a confident person who had not taken a courageous step. That is where the courage had to come into play, and I had to do something. Very sure you have heard me say uh, the phrase I say is a Jesse Jackson phrase. He states, you can be tall and play basketball, but until you play, I am only building your confidence in yourself. When you play and take a chance at winning or losing, then you have courage. It takes courage each and every week to come to you with a new episode and put myself out there the way I am. And I don't know how this episode is going to really sound. I have have a new laptop. Yay, give me some applause. I could put an applause there, but for some reason, <laughs> that track is not working. So I'm trying out some new stuff. This is courageous of me. But <clears throat> when I was a child, I lacked both confidence and courage. There was no way you were going to get me to speak in front of people and then actually encourage them that they could accomplish something and walk with them through the process of accomplishing their dreams and desires. It takes courage for me to get up and do that. I was thinking the other day, I was telling some members of my Toastmasters Club, my dad, especially my dad, one and father both used to try to get us to speak at these conventions 
because you can get scholarships for speaking. And I'm like, no way. Now look at me. I wish my mother was here to see some of the stuff <laughs> I've been blessed to be able to do sometimes. It takes courage for a new small business owner to continue to keep coming back to their business day after day with sometimes no or little profit to show for the hard work they have invested into their dream. It takes courage to get out there and start something totally new and different or to just take that first step to make an improvement in your life. There are always the people telling you that you can't or that you should just count your losses and give up. The wonderful naysayers who tell you that your little business will never be successful, telling you that you will never achieve. Courage is what makes you keep going for what you know you can accomplish and what you know is possible. Keep having courage and keep pushing forward. You can do it. You know you can. Hi, this is Shayro. Thank you for being a listener to my podcast. You can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. Yes, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Shayro, C-H-E-T-R-O, and donate to the What Shayro Thinks About It podcast. The money collected will be used to purchase additional equipment for the podcast. Remember, that is buymeacoffee.com slash Shayro, C-H-E-T-R-O. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Owning a business and being responsible for the success and failure of that business is hard. Being a black business owner has an added layer of weight upon it, upon the shoulders of that owner. Sometimes it seems that a black business owner has to fight twice as hard for the share of customers and to ensure that they are providing the best product or service price too as well, right there, so that they can get repeat customers as well as referral for new businesses. That is in any business that you have to work hard on to keep your business afloat and add on the task of having employees. Wow. And it all can be a bit overwhelming. Black business owners not only face not getting some customers of other races just because that customer does not want to do business with a black owner, but they face the possibility of people of their own race not wanting to do business with them for the same reason. I am a consumer, just like you. Everyone here is a consumer. I do try to support black businesses when I can. I help a lot of people who are starting their business. I've tried investing. I bought things from some people. I bought some primary writing tablets. A good friend of mine, she started a business with these tablets that have affirmations. I don't have anyone that's a primary age, but I bought some tablets from her. And I don't know if you can hear that background noise. I'm in a different room today, too. But to support her business. Because she's always been supportive of me and has always encouraged me. So sometimes, yeah, I may go out of my way to do something just because they're a black-owned business or because they are a friend. I may buy something I don't need and give it to somebody else who may need it. And that's what I did with the tablets. I helped someone else out with their program with them. When it comes down to who I would do business with, I apply the same standard whether black or white. First and foremost with me is the price point. And is what you are offering worth, worth the price you are charging for it? And is it comparative to others who are offering the same product and our service? Second, I have to feel that I am valued. Or to say it simply, you have to treat me, your customer, right. The phrase, you get what you pay for, cuts both ways. You also don't get what you overpay for. Just because it costs more, and if it is overpriced for the value it is worth, 
does not make it a better product or service. Some people are just overcharging. This thing's going around TikTok. I know my value. And I refer back to this couple. They went on to uh, Shark Tank. And the sharks offered them a deal. They turned it down. And they went to their own funding. It's for a, a hair product. And they raised more money funding it themselves than they were than they got from the office of Shark Tank. But you have to look at it. There's a plan there. It's not always to get the sharks to back you. The fact that you're on TV in front of millions of people, that's going to get other people's attention. So I bet, I bet a lot of people went looking for their product after they were on Shark Tank. Sometimes the wind is in the loss. <laughs> and in that case, it was. They took it upon themselves and did something with it. And everyone's like, yeah, they know their value. Yes, they know their value. However, if they are overvaluing their sale, like overcharging, it'll come back for them. But I'm here that company's doing very well. I've been on their site. I see how they're doing like grassroots funding, foundation donations, and things like that, investments. And they're doing pretty good. I'm very happy for them. So again, you do get what you pay for. And if you're overpaying for something that's not worth the price that you're paying for, you're not really getting more for that. Just because it costs more does not always mean it's better. And it's also a common saying or belief that, that black business owners have to charge more than their non-black counterparts because they don't have the same customer base. I kind of call, I'll call spade on that because a lot of black businesses that are operating in the black communities, they are probably the only business that are doing that business or whatever, and they have a very well-founded customer base. And some, some small business, they don't. Like, I take myself, for example, I don't have the customer base of a lot of the people I follow or I admire and coach. I don't have that base yet. But that doesn't mean I'm going to overcharge to make up for that. I, I'm not going to be making less brown money right now. Come on, <laughs> let's be for real. And if I charge with less brown charges for a speech, you know, he has a, a plethora of people working for him, for one thing. So, you know, that's another thing when you have employees. You know, your price has to be set enough that you can pay them efficiently so that you can make a profit yourself, you can invest in the business. I understand all that. And I understand price points, that the price of something equates to what that business is doing. But if you're charging $35, that should be charged $12 for. And that $12 for each product that you sell would cover the employees, give you a nice profit. But you know, because you're, you know your value, you're going to take the price point over 100%, almost, that's about 140, 150%. I have to throw my calculator in there. 150% more than what it should be. And you're like, well, I get my high-end customers that way. Okay, good, you get them. And then there's the phrase, it's all on Instagram. Don't believe everything you see on Instagram, but it says, you know, my price is my price. If you broke, just say you broke. So shaving me is going to make me want to buy your product. Think about that before you start putting that out there. Look at your price that you are charging. Is it a value and is it market fair market value? Pure and simple, because like I said, my first thing I'm going to look at is the price. Before I even look at and see what color the owner is or what race they are, I'm going to look at the price because I'm trying to protect my black wallet as well. But again, that's a common saying that we, ha we should pay more <laughs> just because it's a black business. And even if they're charging significantly more than their competition, we should still support the black business. Hmm, not sure that I agree totally with that completely because if you're charging more, I expect more. Give me an example. Growing up, we had a farm. You know, you've heard me say I'm from very rural Philadelphia, Mississippi. Sold a lot of vegetables, fruits, whatever. You know, if we grew it 
we could, we sold a lot of stuff. We gave a lot of stuff away. We canned a lot of stuff. And there was a lot of stuff I didn't like to eat, but you know, when it's my family and the community, they did. And the, the community is what we call Zion, Zion, Mississippi, a little small community in the southeast corner of Leake County and on the edge of Neshoba County. So was, the address was Philadelphia, but even though it was in a different county. Long story, I, I think I've explained that on another podcast. One of the things was our main seller was Purple Hill Peas. A lot of you know them as Black Eyed Peas. We sold them for around $8 a bushel. And we offered to shell them with our pea sheller for $2 a bushel more. <laughs> Imagine you could get your peas, a whole bushel of peas, for $10. Shell. You didn't have to sit there while watching whatever show on TV to shell them and your fingers hurt. Oh, if you were raised in a country like I was, you know the, the agony of shelling peas, snapping beans, shelling butter beans. I wish you would have had a butter bean sheller. Somebody did have one, but it left too much trash and we we went to them and the beans were just trashy after you went put them to the butter bean shell so we just always shell those ourselves but anyway we really could have charged about five dollars a bushel to shell them and would have still been reasonable we were the only sellers who had even had a pea sheller some of you are wondering what is a pea sheller other than all of us got around tv shelling peas no we had an actual pea sheller you would feed the peas in there my brother was on one side of it and i was on the other side had a little motor in it, like a washing machine motor. This was a real active uh, machine. My dad says it still works. He still has it. And that's, this is what, 30, 40 some years later, that thing still works. And it would shell the peas and it wouldn't mash them. It, peas would come out perfectly. You'd go into a little pan under the machine and it'd take us about, my brother and I together, my older brother and I, about 10, 15 minutes to shell a bushel of peas. And we, we had a system to it too. <laughs> we were good. My dad had an old, well, it wasn't old then, but it was a 79 Ford truck. Sometimes we would go to people's house with the pea shell on the back of the truck, set it on the tailgate, and all we need is an extension cord. We would have an extension cord, plug it up, and in about 15 minutes, you have your bushel peas, and that's $2, please. We didn't even charge for gas. What were we thinking back then? Gas was a lot cheaper then. <laughs> but $2 a shell, $8 a bushel. If we picked them, put them in the bucket, you know, you bring something, put them in a trash bag somewhere, you just throw them in the trunk of your car. Yes, I've seen that. Or throw them in the back of your truck, whatever. But we would pick the peas. It'd take my older brother, my younger brother, and myself probably about 30 minutes to pick them and then to shell them. So you're looking at 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour, basically, to do both of those per bushel. So you see them looking at we probably making ten dollars an hour. We split that between the three of us. So minimum wage then was about three dollars and something. So we were making basically minimum wage. <laughs> and my dad would charge us for fertilizing for the diesel for the tractor or whatever. But again, a reasonable price during the late seventies and the mid eighties. For other sellers who sold theirs for ten to twelve dollars a bushel and didn't offer shelling them because we were the only people who had a pea shovel. I saw a price just the other day that was from my Home County, Neshoba County, Philadelphia, Mississippi. They wanted $35 for a bushel of peas. I need to go back to Philadelphia, Mississippi, claim my land from my dad. Plant me some rows of peas. Go out there and pick me. It may take me a little bit longer now to pick the bushel. Get the pea sheller from him. $35 a bushel for pig peas. I probably would charge around that $5 point to shell them extra. Can you imagine nearly $40 for a bushel of peas that really, in my opinion, is still valued at that $8? But yes, I know it takes more for the gas, more for the diesel, more for the fertilizer, everything, the land taxes, all that has gone up. So prices for stuff 
has really gone through the roof. Some places have been overcharging stuff way before this pandemic, before things went expensive like that. But again, peas, $8 a bushel, $2 a shovel, $10 there for them. In my opinion, now that I'm grown simple work, we were told by several of our customers that our peas just tasted better when they cooked them. Plus, that added bonus of being able to get them shelled was always a plus, and we were always nicer than the other people who sold peas. Even though other sellers charged more, they did not always have a better product. My dad knew how to grow some stuff. I had to give it to my dad. He knew how to grow some stuff. He grew vegetables, fruits, and he grew his children. Okay? My dad knew how to grow some stuff. He learned that from my granddad. Remember when I talked about how fathers matter? Fathers are important. <laughs> the reason I can do a lot of the stuff I can do is because of the stuff my dad taught me. Hey, the reason I have a lot of the courage I have is because of the things my dad taught me. This is not even part of my script, but I have to go to this. This thing with courage. I am very brave now on a lot of things now that basically used to scare me. But I am that way now because of the man I saw my dad was. And it's always striving to be, if I could be a third or a fourth or eighth, I'm not good with those fractions. If I could be an eighth of the man that my dad is, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'd be a, a great person. <laughs> but anyway, and if uh, this economy keeps going the way it is, I am going to go claim my little acre of land there or whatever and plant me some rows. My son and I are going to get out there and pick some peas. My son is in the studio with me right, right now, <laughs> and he's looking at me. Some of you heard him talk a few weeks ago on the platform, his story, but he's actually right here in the studio with me and trying to be quiet. <laughs> I'm very proud of him. Give him a fist bump here. I'm proud of my son. I hope that some way he sees something good out of his old man. Somewhere, somewhere, something. I try. I'm not perfect. I feel, I told him, I told him just today, I feel miserable a lot. I do. And hell, and I'm just honest with him about that. You know, sometimes I feel miserable. I'm feeling miserably with something he has been asking me for for months now to get some, something up here fixed. I felt miserably. <laughs> anyway, we we took real good care of our customers. I would say that. We took real good care of our customers. We gave them a quality product and we gave it to them at a price that was affordable. We knew our value. We knew we could charge more. We thought about all the time going up on a price. I think before we actually stopped, before we moved from down in the country part, we did go up a little bit, but we didn't go way up. You know, it was just, you know, with the way things were going, especially with gas was climbing higher in the late 80s a little bit and a few things more. And again, we were splitting this between my two brothers and we also had to pay a commission fee or whatever to my dad. <laughs> Cause we would put it all, we would save all the money all summer and we would split it at the end. We'd pay him first, then we split it between us. Good way we did business. But again, we knew our value. We knew the value of our customers repeat business and then referring other customers to us. We got customers we never heard of come to us. So-and-so told us, so-and-so is a country term, so don't hold that against me. So-and-so told me, you have some good peas here, but you got that red dirt out there. My dad was growing good peas out of that red dirt and watermelons and and snap beans, butter beans, okra, tomatoes. Again, we sold a lot of stuff. We gave a lot of stuff away and we canned a lot of stuff. And now as, I, as I'm an adult, I learned there were families in our community that didn't have food to eat. I'm like, why they never just came and asked? Because people always came and asked, can I get a mess of greens? Can I get just a little uh, bucket of peas? Sure. Everything was not always about making money. Sometimes we just had to do what we had to do to serve our community. And that's another thing I look at it. 
you want to look at it as some business, especially if they're a black-owned business. Are they contributing back to the community, to other black-owned businesses? Are they helping other people become the entrepreneurs they are? Because you see a lot of people, yes, especially in our community, once we get there, we don't want to help someone else get there. How many people know people like that? I know I do. It's one of the things that encourage me to help other people. But most of our customers, they couldn't afford the higher prices that other people were asking for. And I still believe that others in the area were buying our peas at our price, then turning around selling them at their higher price. <laughs> Capitalism, the way it works. <laughs> still, our lower within market value price always won over and got us the sales needed. If you are charging more than your competition, then I am going to expect at the very least the same way. Really, I'm going to expect better quality of the product or service you are offering. If you are charging more than others, I want to be treated better. I want the price I'm paying to equate to what I'm getting for that price. You know, just because you know your value don't mean that you can charge way over the price of what something is. And believe me, I understand it takes a lot to run a business, but it also takes some know-how, some brains, some knowledge. You got to know some marketing. You need to know how to get more customers to your business because you keep overcharging your customer. Somebody's going to come along who can do it at a lower price because they're going to take a lower cut just to get your business because they know if I get your business, I get the other business and other business. And this person who's constantly overcharging now because they've been overcharging, they probably raised in debt a lot more and they can't lower their prices. So somewhere there, some smart business making decisions were not made. So I, as the consumer, I shouldn't have to pay for your mistakes. <laughs> Again, if you're charging more, I expect more. I work hard for my money, just like you're working hard to get yours. I'm also going to expect the policy of ensuring I am satisfied. And, you know, if I'm not satisfied with your product or service, and that's regardless if you're black on or not, my green dollars respects respect. I'm going to expect your customer service to be excellent and for you to not take my patronage of your business for granted. And again, that is regardless if you black on or not, because again, like I just said, my green dollars respects respect. You have to treat people well. I want people to buy from black business, whether you're black, white, Indian, Native American, where I'm from, they're called Choctaw Indians, not Native American, called Choctaw Indians. That's their name, Choctaw. That's not a podcast. But regardless of whatever that, you have to respect me and my money. I'm not, I don't want to spend my money where I am disrespected. And going off the thing disrespect, I'm looking into something that, to kind of further my business. Set up a call with the representative of the company. Right off the bat, he mispronounced my name. I corrected him, told him the correct pronunciation of my name. He went again and he mispronounced my name again, the same way he was saying before. He's like, he didn't even hear me. I told him again what my name is. He This time, he didn't even stop to listen. He just kept talking. As I was like, excuse me, my name is. He did it a third time. So crossed a big line with me. I said, whoa, sir, sir, stop, 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 stop. This is how I had to do it. I had to say, stop, stop. What is, first of all, if you expect me to do business with you, you have to respect me. I've told you three times what my name is is you continue to disrespect me by calling me out of my name that is not my name i've told you the correct pronunciation of my name if you cannot pronounce it correctly then you can refer to me as mister and he just he was shocked like look at the end of the day you want me to spend my money with you 
but my money is not going to be spent with you if you will not respect me. And I hope his company was recording that call. And I, I don't know if he was new. Maybe he was because he was just so anxious to sell his product. With me, again, the first thing is price. You don't have to do the, the big drawn out pitch me. Again, it's not just black on any of them, but I'm going to be specific. Like, you don't have to do the pitch. What I need to know is the price. When do you need it? And can it can it be broken up into payments? I have to pay the one lump sum. I just need to know these things. And though, and I let him know that. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, your intention is to get my business. And I let him know up front, I'm not going to tell you, yes, I'm going to commit to this today because I'm listening to other pitches and other people. And I'm listening to the price points. I'm listening to the presentation they're doing. I'm listening to what they can do to help my business. Like, well, you have to do it today because it's no, no. If I'm a smart, good business owner, I'm not going to just jump into your uh, program right away. I'm going to evaluate things and those things you have to look at. So if you are a business owner, black or whatever, you don't have to just commit to something today. If you have this special today, then you should have it tomorrow. If you're not going to have it tomorrow, if it's ending today or tomorrow, then tell me what the regular price is. Because when the time I decide to do the product, I don't know what the regular price is. And I asked this guy several times, so how much is the program? He went around, 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 like, sir, <laughs> I've asked you several times, how much is the program? And he kept trying to, you know, sell the value of something. When I go into um, one of the big shopping stores, they have the price point right there. And, you know, now they have the app. So if the price is not listed because people move stuff around. I can scan, I can see on the app, and I can see what the price is. Because if it costs fifteen ninety five and I only have $12 with me, I'm wasting my time putting it in my cart, taking it up there. I need to know. And the same thing I told this person. If you're offering a product, and this product costs thousands of dollars, I'm like, if it costs $5,000 and I only have three, and I know I won't get more than three, but the product costs five, you need to tell me that up front. And we don't have to waste each other's time. I tell you, I can't afford it right now. And in sales, they try to get you to say, well, you got to get it today and you got to go for it today. No, I don't. You're going to have business tomorrow? Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't be doing business with you. But if you're going to have it at a certain price, yesterday's price is not today's price. Yes, things go up. But are you going up according to how the market is? I know right now we are in a pandemic and we're in another crisis with gas and supply shortage, all of that. I know all of that is happening. Everything is going up. A case of water is almost double. Now, I was, I was so shocked because I'm so used to paying $3 and something for the, what is it, 24, 24 bottles? No, it's more than 24. It's like 30-something, 40-something bottles in a case. I get the big cases of water because you can't drink the water out of the faucet here. But I get big case when I'm used to that price between and when I saw it say five, I was like, whoa, that's almost double what it used to be. The price is going up on everything. I know. Market, area, everything, the price is going. But if the price of that water was at ten dollars right now, you know, I'd say, like, look, that's our boil water. I'm gonna have to figure out what is it, H2O, I'm gonna have to find me some hydrogen and two parts of oxygen, something that mixes together and make some water. <laughs> if that was the case. But if someone's charging and I've been to stores, they're charging like seven dollars for water. And their water is not as good as the water in the other store that's costing now $5. Price makes a difference, especially if your price is not matching the value of what you are offering. And that is a thing, especially with our black business and black community. We try to overcharge because we think, well, we got to make up for what we're not making. Say that again. You have to make up for what you're not making. But you can only make what you can make. Okay.
and you keep overcharging, it's going to come back again. Someone's going to come back more affordable price just to get customers away from you. And of course, then they will raise prices close to it. It's all the business, how it does. But if you're disrespectful to me, that means you're disrespecting my money. And you don't want my money or my business. And I hate this phrase. If you got to ask how much it costs, then you can't afford it. You know, if I'm a billionaire, and I'm pretty sure Elon Musk, he asked, before he went into space, there were some people had to present stuff and present how much the cost of their services was going to be. And he had to evaluate how we're going to do this. He probably decided which company he was going to go to. And then Elon Musk, he's like, which one is over uh, Amazon? Jeff Bezos. That's the one who went in space, Jeff Bezos. Elon Musk is the uh, Tesla guy. And, you know, when he put together his car, I'm pretty sure he had to ask, you know, what's the cost of this? And he had to put stuff together. That's how business works. You don't just go blindly into something. Well, if I have to ask, I can't afford it. That is, <laughs> that's not even, I don't know. We, we get off these phrases and stuff. People going with that. And someone has told me that. I'm like, okay, if you won't, don't want to tell me the price, guess what? You won't get my money. Well, I'll get some other people's money. That's fine. You get theirs, but you won't get mine. And at the end of the year, you want to make $3 million, and you came up and you made $2,997,000 and whatever. That's making your $3 million just by the mark of what you would have made off of me. Think about that. Think about that. <laughs> Remember, it's possible every time to get that customer that you need to make your price point, to make your yearly, yearly point, your yearly price, however you want to say it. And it's about how you treat people, especially me. <laughs> I am picky about my monies. Yes, I said it that way. But if you're disrespecting me, I go to your competition. And I'm just knowing this, this salesman or this company that I dealt with. I'm just looking at something. I, I was looking at email. I heard you mention the other day I got a new computer, which means I installed Outlook on here, which means all of my emails pull through. You see what I'm about to say here in a minute. All of my emails pull through. It takes Outlook a while to go through. So I decided to sort my emails by the people sending them. This company that I'm referring to, and I'm not going to mention the name, uh, this company, since April, let's see, April, May, June, July, so basically three and a half, almost four months, they have sent me a total of 495 emails. Let me say again. They have sent me 495 emails. That's almost 100 and some emails a month. First of all, I get on there with your sales rep. You treat me badly. You basically put down on me. Because he even said, people who don't just jump into it today, they usually don't come back. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you something about just business itself. Some of the people I get with, I, I never just hounder and pressure someone. Hey, you need me to be your coach. Hey, you need me to be your coach. I tell them who I am, what I offer, what I can do, how I can help you. I may get a call three months later, which is usually the people I've helped, you know, it's basically been friends. I have a very low pricing point right now. But, you know, generally like friends I've talked to or other people just around, two, three months later, I may get the call. Hey, I have an interview coming up. I need help. Most people don't realize they need to be getting coached way before they get the interview, but okay, no problem. Yeah, I remember you talked to me about so-and-so and so-and-so. Yes, I did. Okay. I didn't hounder them every day. I didn't disrespect them. I didn't treat them badly. I was not, yeah, I wanted to get the sale, but it's not like, and I, I, I could use the sale right then or whatever, but sometimes you got to wait. And from planting those peas, I learned something. You don't eat the day you plant. You plant the seed. You fertilize the ground. 
you water the ground, you let it rain. Then you have to get out there and you have to take what we call a hole where you remove the grass from around the plant so the grass won't overtake the plant. You have to nurture the plant, raise it up. And then within the amount of time it takes, you go out there one morning and you see peas out there on the, on the plant. They're green. They're not ready yet. They're not ripe, as my grandma used to say. They're not ripe yet. But you wait. And you keep watching each day. And then you see, like, one day, oh, we get some color in those peas. We'll be picking peas in the next few weeks. My brother and I, we start getting prepared for it. We'd be excited because we knew we were going to make some money. Okay? But this is something we planted weeks ago. And now it's nurturing. When that plant first pops through the ground, I'm telling you, we will be out there watching it. And we're waiting because, you know, that plant. That plant's going to produce. And we already have it marked. This is going to be your role. This is going to be my role. This is going to be your, the other brother's role. My little sister, she never really had to get out there and pick them. By the time she came along, that's when we were moving off of the farm. But was, we were planting this stuff. We knew it. We knew that we had to plant the seed. We had to nurture the plant. And then we had to pick the product. And then, you know, you do some type of marketing, a lot of word of mouth. Or you tell people, or people just knew this is where you could come and get peas. You go to, go to the the house there in Zion and you can pick get some peas or you can get them shelled and then when it started coming we pick peas on Monday we give them a day of rest let them rest on Tuesday we pick them again on Wednesday we let them rest on Thursday we pick them on Friday and you were not allowed to pick peas on Sunday if you follow me the next day to pick peas would be Sunday you were no, no we were not picking peas on Sunday not in my daddy's house <laughs> we were not cutting grass but on Saturday after the cartoons went off and everything and even though it was time, we were out there picking peas and we were shelling peas or somebody called us early in the morning. Hey, I need a, I need about four or five bushels of peas. My brother and I, we go out there and we scrapped something. We knew they weren't just totally ready on Saturday, but we tried to get something together. Or sometimes we had something left over that we picked the, picked the day before. Those peas were still good. Oh, we got them. We get you. Or you know what? I can get you money because I know they'll be ripe and ready Monday. So we wait till they get ripe. Because you have to remember, ripe is, remember, it's possible every time. It's possible to get that sale we've been waiting for. We might need to sell five more bushes or whatever. It's possible to get it each and every time, baby. <laughs> so we be out there working. So again, I didn't have to jump in and get the peas right at the end. And the guy basically offended me and was saying, you got to get it now because most people, if you if they wait, they don't come back. You do realize you're not the only person in town selling, selling this product. And two, you're not the best person in town. Right now, your price point, yeah, it's mediocre. It's around what I've seen other people do. But, you know, your customer service right now is is totally sucking. <laughs> and I, I just don't know. You know, you're trying to rush me into this. Let me think about it. Because, again, I, I have to think as a business. And I have to weigh the points of what, what each one offers. And then if I tell people I went with this business and this is what I'm using, how's that going to increase my customer base? Sometimes it's name recognition. Sometimes you're paying for the name or the brand. You know, all that goes into play as to what the price is. And my brain is working on what is, what is, isn't. Okay. But let's just say, I know I've gotten, gotten totally off my script. I know I'm totally longer than what I was expecting this week's to be. But I missed out last week. So, therefore, we're making up for a little bit of what I missed out on last week because I didn't get to record this episode to this week and then get to publish it. So, you get two weeks worth in one. How about that? We'll work it that way. But if you have, you're doing a product, you have a product, you're selling something, you supported the business, you spent your hard-earned money for it, but not satisfied, or the product just did not perform the way it should have or was expected to, 
you go back to the business for a replacement or a refund or just something something to satisfy you to be like okay next time i'll give you 10 percent off your product or whatever we'll do something you know to make it up and we had that happen peas sometimes the peas somebody said oh the peas are good okay uh we'll throw in a little extra can peas next time you come with us okay or we'll shell them on us you know you come back but you know, just come back to us. We're going to take care of you. You're our, you're our customer. We're going to do something for you, for, you know, to get some satisfaction. The business owner treats you horribly and basically tells you that this is your problem and not theirs. Now you have to go to their competition in order to get a quality product. Now you have spent your hard-earned money twice just to get what you wanted to get in the first place. Are you going to do business with that business again just because that business is black-owned? You're going to think about that. Are you going to tell other people to patronize this business after you've been treated so bad? Are you going to keep supporting the black owned business or any business for that, minute that continues to charge you more than what the business down the street is charged? Black owned business are well known businesses, you know, and even if you're just starting out or whatever, but most, most businesses, some, you're not just catering to black customers and you should not treat customers any different based upon their race. And I see a lot of times where black people treat other black people badly because they're in the black business and they figure, well, you don't have anyone else to go to or whatever. Uh, look, <laughs> this is not Charlie. This time I don't have to hitch up the wagon. I'll get in my car and I will drive three miles out of the way to get better service and a better price. Well, you're paying for it in gas. Don't worry about that. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm thinking, okay. But my little non-supporter your business is not going to break you because there's going to always be people that come to you. I'm just telling you how it is from my point of view. And if you want to get my business, and, you know, I'm the person, if I can support you or I can buy something from you, and it may not be the most expensive product, I offered to buy something from a friend of mine. They were selling something. They had different price points. I told them what I wanted to buy. It was not the most expensive stuff, but it was a sale. They got mad at me because I didn't buy the most expensive. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't have a need for your product. So before I go and spend hundreds of dollars with you for something I don't need and don't want, it's not going to happen with me. And it's probably not going to happen with, well, you, you know what? Some people go buy a lot of stuff they don't need. Why do you think Amazon is so popular? Because people buy stuff they don't need. But if it's something I don't need, I'll support you. Yeah, I'll buy a mid-price, even a low-price item because, again, each sale counts. Remember it's possible every time. So every sale makes it possible. So you're either going to get the sale or you're not. And if, and if you're going to treat me badly, I'm going to tell some other people how badly you treated me. And when someone asks me, hey, do you know someone who sells peas? <laughs> I'm going to either refer you or not. Because I love to refer people to other business. I have, I, I'm, ooh, <laughs> this is going to be another podcast. I met someone I follow on Instagram and I admire them. I, and I follow them on Instagram. I admire them. I myself have never bought anything from them because what they sell is not something necessarily caters to me. They sell mostly stuff that caters to women or the exercising or, you know, the, um, I can't even think of what they are right now, but the things that make you look slimmer. I think of the name of it. I have bought one, but at the time I didn't know about her business. And if I know about her, I would have bought it from hers. But I told her, I've sent other people to your business. She had a story she told about something that was going on in her life. I had a friend that was going through the exact same thing. I sent them to her page. They now follow her on Instagram. I increased her followership. I had never met her at the time. 
I had never purchased anything from her, but I sent someone else to her business to purchase them. I sent someone else to her page for encouragement. I sent someone else to her page like, hey, look at this. This lady's out here doing this, and she's not letting these things stop her. Look at her, what she's doing, how she's doing. She doesn't care. I've sent them to her to them for encouragement, to give them confidence, you know, to say, like, hey, she doesn't care about, you know, that this isn't perfect or whatever, and said, go there and look at it. But I had never done business with her myself. But I sent her business. Sometimes that's what it's about. It's not always about, hey, Shayro has to make this dollar. Shayro can ensure somebody else makes a dollar because I'm a person who believes if you bless someone, you will be blessed. And sometimes you have to be a blessing to get a blessing. And I'm always looking for blessings. So I'm always trying to bless someone else. I like connecting businesses with each other. If I know that you do something, I know that you are dependable and your quality of something is good. And I know that you offer a good customer service and a good price point, I will refer you. Sometimes even if I don't, and I'll tell people, look, you be the judge yourself. You tell me. And people have come back and told me, I enjoyed that business you sent me to. Okay, good. I wish I could have gotten a commission off of that some kind of way. Of course I did. But hey, I did something nice for someone. Eventually someone will do something nice for me. So I'm not to tell them about this. I asked them, could I mention them on the podcast? So I'm not necessarily say their name yet, but we're going to look at some stuff because I, I am looking for sponsors, ad spots, shameless plug, those things that helped this podcast too, because I'm doing this on my own, by the way. I'm doing this on my own. Sometimes it's not the fact that I buy from you. I may get you that sale to someone that needs what you are offering. And maybe some, you'll, someone will come to you like, oh, I need a coach on something or something. Or I need a podcast to listen to. Hey, I know this guy doing a podcast. What Shabo thinks about it. But again, this business is, you know, well known. They're no longer struggling to find customers. And they're giving horrible service. Should I have to go bankrupt to support this black business? Most businesses now, after a while, they develop their base of customers or they repurpose themselves to become what's needed. So why should I have to go bankrupt just to ensure that a black business stays in business when I am being treated worse and receiving an inferior product or service? My answer to that is that I shouldn't. How does it sound, me going bankrupt? And my reason is, well, I had to support uh, John's business. I had to support... Sheila's business. I had to support this. You know, they're black owned and struggling. I had to support them. But I don't have money to pay my bills. My business is me supporting my family. So these are key things that should be addressed by just being in business and not just because you are a black owned business. Business is business. And the race and color of skin of the owner does not change how the process of business is performed. Regardless of race or skin color, as a business owner, you should want to give your customers the best in product service, satisfaction, and customer support, mainly because you want them to become repeat customers and refer others to your business so that you can maintain your business. See how that works? If you keep coming back to me as a customer, I keep my prices within range. I know that they're going to eventually go up at some point, but no, not ridiculous. And you keep referring people to me then I probably can maintain business where I can end up getting more people and the more business you are doing, which is, you know, the thing with that big store, I say Walmart. The reason Walmart can cha- charge a lot less than other places because they have a lot more customers, they have a lot more product, and the more they sell of it, the more they make. You may not get to Walmart status, but you do have to understand business is business, okay? Should I go bankrupt just to support a black-owned business? I believe this. I, and you as well, should support as many as each of us can. I can't support everybody. None of us can support everybody. And again, everybody does not sell something 
I necessarily need, but I might can tell someone who needs what you are offering. You know, and I'll shop within the price I can afford. I should not be made to feel ashamed just because while looking out for the black owned business, I am also looking out for my black well-being and not putting myself on a strain just to keep a black business in business. If your price is too high, then it is too high and customers, regardless how much they have, are going to look for the best price they can find. Thus, black-owned businesses, any business, should ensure that they are offering the best of all segments in price, quality, treatment of the customer, and satisfaction of the customer. Another thing, black-owned businesses should not tell customers that they can't ask for what specials and our discounts they have. Because I'm going to ask your competition, hey, what specials do you have? Did you not hear me say at the beginning of it, the first thing that matters is price? So if you're selling this for 12 but you're running a sale because, you know, all the other stores, big, small, whatever, at some point they are, they are running a sale. Hey, are you going to have a sale on this first? Sales bring people and increases your sales. <laughs> How that wording works. At the beginning of the day and the end of the day, I have to look out for the well-being of my black wallet to be able to support my family, just like you are supporting yours with your business. I want to support black-owned businesses, and I want everyone else to support black-owned businesses. I want you to support businesses, but especially our black-owned business, because I'm black, I'm a business owner, and I like to support black people. But I also do not want to be taken advantage of or asked to pay way more than I should. Me as the consumer is a business as well. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. <laughs> and I have to abide by what is best for my business, which is me, <laughs> my family, and those that I have to take care of. And that may be that I have to take my business elsewhere if you're not meeting certain specifications, whether it's black-owned or not. I have been slacking in my duties of feeding the hungry here lately, mainly due to the price of gas and the amount of money I'm not making by going out to feed the hungry. And plus my my chariot has been down here the last week, just got it fixed, so I need to get back out there and feed the hungry. But I'm having some doubts about continuing doing it. I just really not happy with the platform I'm on with feeding the hungry. They are not paying anywhere near what my value is or something. They're offering rides. Well not rides, I don't do people. I only do feed hunger. I only do deliver food right now. But sometimes they're offering $2.34 for a delivery that would take almost 40 minutes to complete. And there's a note that includes expected tip included. <laughs> make it make any sense. You know, just as we just talked about black businesses, if you're overcharging things. But again, if you are undervaluing or undercharging, especially your employees. If, if you are a business owner, you have employees and you're trying to pay them as least as possible. You do know they can go to other places, other businesses to make more. That's kind of what's happening now with this great resignation they're talking about. People basically are realizing they can make more money doing either their own thing than doing their entrepreneurship. You have a record number of podcasts becoming podcasts that are making profits off the podcast or they're starting their own business. Might need to get out there and sell and shell peas again. It is a thought. But as I have my business, I'm doing things, I look at some things, how I'm doing and what I'm doing, and Sometimes things just aren't making sense. So right now, feeding the hungry has not been good. I would have been out there. I actually was going to go tonight. And full disclosure, 
full disclosure, I won't be out there for another few days because I'm waiting for test results. Yes, we are still in a pandemic. Came in contact with somebody that did test positive, so now I'm getting tested. It's about the third, fourth time I've been tested. I'm tired of this. I think that's going to be my episode next week. Stories from Feeding the Hungry. And I still have a bazillion stories from Feeding the Hungry. But just to let you know, I'm, I've been on a break Feeding the Hungry right now. Mostly because of the price of gas. The price point of what I'm getting, you know, when I look at the way I tear my vehicle to do this. And just total disrespect sometimes with all the stories I could tell you. But it's just total disrespect. And it's not necessarily the customers. It's some of these restaurants that you pick up from. And what they don't realize, you know, I came here to get this order. I'm, I may be getting five, six dollars for this delivery. I'm just going to throw that out there. But, you know, if I do five or six deliveries in an hour that are five or six dollars, you do the math on that, whatever, how much you make an hour. But I get there, they treat you rude, or you stand there in line for a long time. And then when you, well, I don't have that, or they, you need to call them and tell them, we don't. We're not doing such and such. And it's with such an attitude. And here I am trying to call the customer. And they're like, well, can I get such a... I'm like, ma'am, I don't know what they mean. You don't have to realize, I'm, a, I'm an independent driver. I don't work for the restaurant. I work for a platform that does meal delivery service. So therefore, I don't know anything about the restaurant. I can go to 20, 30 different restaurants in a night. And I don't know what's there. And sometimes I may go to the same restaurant back to back. That has happened. Hey, as long as they're paying, I don't mind. I go to the same restaurant all night. But, you know, if it's... If it's paying, fine. Because I feed the hungry so that I can feed the hungry. I have people I have to feed. But right now, it's, it's getting that way. So after I get my test results, I plan to get back out there. Because I thought, if you do make some money. I will say that. You do make some money. Uh, if you weren't making any money, you wouldn't, no one would be doing it. Here in the Atlanta area, I think there's thousands of drivers. Some that just do delivery. Some that do people. You have all these different ride share services. You have all these delivery services. There's all kind of hustles, and it itself is a business. You have to look at your income, your outcome. What makes sense? You know, if gas is five, I, my car takes premium gas. So, you know, the price for a gallon of gas is well above five dollars just for a gallon of premium. It is going down now, and we can't blame the president for high gas prices. He never could. Gas went high when Bush was in office, when Katrina hit. Gas went high one time when Trump was in office, it went high while Obama was in office, Clinton. It really went high when Carter was in office. That was inflation. So under every president, you've had gas go high. But there are some things that can be controlled. And, you know, it's just the way of the world. You know, and even if I had a car that burned regular, sometimes, you know, you're going to get $2.47 for a, a delivery order. And it's going to take 40 minutes. Do, do that math. <laughs> do, let, let's say I got two or three deliveries within an hour. They paid $2.47. Do the math. That, that just don't math up. And again, I as a driver, I get treated horrible by customer service. I'm usually out there late at night, 2 a.m. in the morning. Arby's is not open at 2 a.m. in the morning, but yet you sent me an order to go pick up an order at Arby's. And I'm just throwing Arby's out there. That's their register name, whatever. I'm just throwing it out there because that, that actually happened. And that's not Arby's fault. That is the platform fault. You know the restaurant closed at 11. But this is what happened. The order's just been canceled by every driver, and it just rolls over. So when you call customer service, they won't cancel the order, and they want you to cancel, which is just going to cause the order to roll over again, which, you know, they should be looking at their price point because the restaurant is closed, and I get there. Each driver that comes there to pick up that order is not there. You got to pay them a little fee. That little fee adds up. <laughs>
And a lot of times that fee is not the same price you would have got had you delivered the order. So, you know, make it make sense. I'm calling you because the restaurant's closed. Well, I can't cancel it because no one answered it. Yeah, the restaurant is closed. It's 2.34 a.m. in the morning. The restaurant closed at 11 p.m. Do you think someone's going to still be there just to answer the phone for you? Come on, make it make sense. Those, that's my little story from Feeding the Hunger right now. Once I get my results, which I hope will be negative, uh, I've been, we've been in this two and a half years, almost three years, and I've had been tested before, haven't come down with this. I know you probably listen to my voice, you hear it scratchy. It's always scratchy like this sometimes because of my water intake. I haven't had enough water today, and I've been stressed out on some other things. So there you have it. That is this show for this time. I hope you join me next time. So now, all that's left is to play my little clothing. But thank you all. We're at episode 17. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And especially thank you all who listened to the episode with my son. <laughs> I'm just so proud of him. He's good. He's he don't want me to tell his business, but I'm so happy. I'm a proud daddy. He's getting ready for college next semester, but he doesn't want me to tell his business and out there and everything. And I will respect his wishes, but he, he just don't know. I'm one day. I'm just going to just tell it all how proud I am of him. He took his 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 gap year, even though he really didn't want to take it, but he took a gap year before going off to college. Now we were getting ready, you know, to get him enrolled and stuff. I'm going to get this. You have small children, enroll them now so that you'll have registration ready. <laughs> it's supposed to be easier with the technology. I think the technology is making it a lot more. But, you know, this episode is a little bit longer than normal, probably. I hope all of you stay and listen to the entire episode. I'll, I'm just glad to get back to my old platform. I want to put it out there. Donald Trump, you are still invited to come to what Cheryl thinks about it to present whatever evidence you think you have to prove that the election was stolen since you say no one will listen to you. But, hey... That invitation is out there to you. <laughs> what Cheryl thinks about it. You can get all my contact information in the closing notes and everything. Cheryl speaks at gmail.com. I'll put that out there right now. But thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening, tuning in. I thank you all. I'm working with some new equipment. I don't know <laughs> what the deal. I may have to go back to my old laptop just to get my stuff to play right. But thank you all for the support, everything. We're going to try to make it out to 22 episodes to finish this season out we're going to try to do some other things i've been working with some other people trying to start their podcast i love training people i love training people i love training people i love helping people so there are other people that are looking at starting their podcast and they're telling me hey how do i do this hit record but if you want to know how to start a podcast hey i will work with you and show you uh though that is a service i can do as a coach i can show you how to start your podcast and if you hear all the ads anchor.fm is a place to go. That's where my podcast is hosted. I hear there are a lot of other platforms, but I'm on Anchor. It's free. You hear the ad. I'm playing the ads in my podcast. And just continue. Hey, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Listen to what Cheryl thinks about it. I know I get crazy and off subject sometimes, but I, I love the support. I love when someone comes to me and tell me, I like what you said, or I like when your son was on there. I just love the fact my son. Go back and listen to the episode when my son was on about maybe two, three episodes back, but you'll see. Just listen to it and share with people. I'm so ecstatic about this podcasting thing. I'm just so happy about it. It's something, it, it's it's real good therapy for me. And I may look at bringing on some more guests. I've had 
two guests so far right now. I may look next season to doing guests, but when I do it, because I can fly by myself, so if I don't stick to my recording schedule like right now, it's Saturday, It's 10 o'clock Saturday evening. I'm supposed to have this thing recorded, edited, and ready to post, <laughs> and I'm still recording at this time. But that's because I do solo, and because I had some technical difficulties this time. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, and continue to listen. Listen to all the uh, previous episodes. Maybe I might do some merchandise next year. Who knows? Maybe I know some people that know some people that don't know some people that knew some people that don't know some people. And if you know the people I know, you don't know them because you know them. Anyway, thank y'all. Thank y'all. It has been fun. And hopefully we will get wonderful test results back. Thank you. Hi, this is Shayro. Thank you for being a listener to my podcast. You can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. Yes, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Shayro, C-H-E-T-R-O, and donate to the What Shayro Thinks About It podcast. The money collected will be used to purchase additional equipment for the podcast. Remember, that is buymeacoffee.com slash Shayro, C-H-E-T-R-O. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Well, my time here is done. That is all that is on my mind for now. Thanks to each of you for tuning into this week's episode. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. Please listen, like, share, and subscribe to my podcast here at anchor.fm slash C-H-E-T-R-O. And I can now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Radio Public, Stitcher, Pocket Cast as well. Remember to give me a five-star rating. Tell your friends and your enemies about what Shayro thinks about it. A production of Shayro LLC, where I build confidence by using your situation as motivation. Contact me for speaking events, panel discussions, coachings, mock interview, and speech writing and development. If you want to reach me, I am on Facebook at Shayro Speaks, C-H-E-T-R-O-S-P-E-A-K-S, Instagram at Shayro underscore LLC, Twitter at Shayro. I have become more active on Twitter. Or you can email me at Shayro Speaks at gmail.com. C H E T R O S P E A K S at gmail.com. On Clubhouse as at the Shayro. That's the at symbol. D A dash C H E T R O. I do have a room, Shayro Speaks, on Clubhouse, and we'll be utilizing this platform soon. We will release a new podcast episode every week and you can also leave a voice message for me via the voicemail link on the podcast website if you would like to support this platform please click the support button or buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash shayro c-h-e-t-r-o your support is greatly appreciated thanks for joining in oh to become a better leader communicator and speaker learn more at toastmasters.org until next time i am Shayro and this has been what Shayro thinks about it